uh, are not minor in importance. Uh, they're minor in length. Uh, you know, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, uh, long prophecies. And, uh, and then the other prophets that are, are, have written just a few chapters, uh, we may not be too familiar with them. But today, we're going to turn to Zephaniah. Zephaniah. We hardly ever say his name, and much less read his book, but that's where we're going today. If you'd stand with me, we're going to look to the word of the Lord. The book of Zephaniah, chapter 3, verse 5. Because I'm thankful that we can trust the Lord, that he is going to be in our midst. And uh, that's what we desire. Where would we be without the Lord? And I'm thankful he's not some peripheral presence just floating around that you come in contact with every now and then by chance and happenstance. No, he is in our midst. Praise God. Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 5. It's on the screen if you don't have it on your device or in your Bible. Let's read it together, please. The just Lord is in the midst thereof. He will not do iniquity. Every morning doth he bring his judgment to light. He faileth not, but the unjust knoweth no shame. That's quite a contrast. That's quite a comparison to help us to understand the Lord is here. The Lord is able to do his work. He's not going to uh, bring problems and difficulties your way. That, that's what the devil does. But the Lord does not fail. And thank God, that's who we put our trust in today. However, there are those who continue on their shameful paths and uh, no, no conscience, no willingness to change, and no awareness of how the Lord's mercy could be extended to them to bring about a tremendous change. And thank God our Lord is able to come in the middle of our situations and do his work like no one and nothing else can. Amen. You can be seated today. God bless you so much. The spiritual conditions of Judah are told in Zephaniah's writings and they were poor. Uh, not poor in the sense of lacking finances, but poor in the sense of not having righteousness, not having a God awareness, not being pleasing to the Lord. King Josiah, the young king who instigated revival in an amazing scale, finding the book in the temple, Reading it and repenting, I think that's a good reaction. Read the Word of God and change. Read the Word of God and line up. Read the Word of God and obey. Amen. That's a good combination. And that's what King Josiah did, not only for himself but for the whole nation. The temple that had been neglected uh, was cleansed. And likewise, the land was cleansed of idols that had become very prominent 
and uh, a, a good many of them scattered here and there throughout the land. And so the revival that King Josiah uh, brought about reached many, but there needed to be more results. There needed to be a greater inclusion. It needed to be more widespread. And so Judah's disobedience and negligence and negatives needed to be canceled out. And unfortunately, they continued on their headstrong way. They obeyed not, they received not correction, they trusted not, and they drew not near to God. That's what Zephaniah says in his letter. So it's still a, a sad state of affairs. It's still, still a situation that needed to be corrected nationwide. People needed to understand that their waywardness was not pleasing to the Lord. The descriptions that Zephaniah uses is not complimentary. He, he says that the princes were lions and that the judges were wolves and the prophets were treacherous and the priests polluted the sanctuary. That's, that's not a good description. That's not something that God is going to pour out his blessings on and decide that that's what I want people to do. That's how I want them to react. No, it was totally different than what they should have had in their lives and in their obedience. And the, the text shows us that they had no shame. They, they didn't understand where uh, they were missing out. In fact, they justified and excused their behaviors. It uh, didn't matter how uh, convicting the message of Zephaniah and other prophets were. Uh, as far as blushing and having tears uh, for their actions was not present. Those are human traits. Uh, others in the animal kingdom uh, may have tears and may blush. I don't know for sure. Maybe some animals do, but that's what you do when you are embarrassed, when you are humiliated, or when you feel bad, and so on. It shows a degree of shame and sorrow, and that's the way our reaction should be when we find something in the Word of God that we're not lining up to. A quick, Lord, forgive me. Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, change me. Lord, help me. And thank God that can be the reaction that we have to sin and conviction. And the hand of God with his mercy, the hand of God with his compassion, steps forward and does a tremendous work. But imagine a people that could not blush. Jeremiah wrote about it twice in the prophecies that bear his name. Uh, chapter 6 and verse 15, chapter 8 and verse 12, he says they were a people who couldn't blush. Were they ashamed, he wrote, when they had committed abomination? No, they were not at all ashamed. Neither could they blush. They looked at what they had done, the abominations, the disobedience, the walking away from the things of God, and they simply shrugged. They simply uh, patted each other on the back, as it were, and approved their disobedience and feeling like they were justified in going the way that they were. That seems to describe our world today. That seems to describe the situations that we see taking place in society. The things that are not approved in the Word of God being approved, and uh, the things that would uh, have been frowned upon even uh, in my parents' generation, not even would have been thought of, and yet here they're being championed and put forth. It seems the world more and more is incapable of blushing with embarrassment or shame. In fact, in Romans 1 uh, and 32, it says they had pleasure 
in those that were disobedient. That passage of scripture lists 23 works of the flesh, 23 actions that God is not pleased with. And instead of being ashamed, instead of blushing, instead of wanting to turn from those actions and activities, they have pleasure in them. They're going to continue in them. They're going to go on feeling like that's the way to go. God is not going to ignore that. God is a God of judgment. There is, you know, we know he's a God of love. We know he's a God of compassion. And thank God we've experienced that again and again in the blessings of the Lord and his forgiveness and his work in our lives. But he is also a God of judgment. No, he's not going to do iniquity. And James tells us, when you're tempted, don't say you're tempted of the Lord. The Lord can be tempted with evil. He's not going to do that. It's your own flesh. It's your own lusts that take you away. No man can say, I'm tempted of God. But God is pleased when you overcome temptation, when you say no to temptation, when you're able to walk away from temptation and choose the things that are right. That's what God is pleased with. And I'm thankful that the power of the Lord is there to help us to overcome those aspects because God is not going to ignore sin. There's not going to be the uh, just, oh, well, you know, sweep it under the rug like uh, some in authority might do or uh, overlook it as uh, some who are, are just feeling like it, it doesn't matter. No, the Lord's not going to do it. Iniquities will be brought to light and then judged. He, the light of judgment is there in Zephaniah as well. Zephaniah 1 and 12, for example, um, it tells about a situation that is going to be visited upon Jerusalem. That the Lord says, I will search Jerusalem with candles and punish the men that are settled on their leaves. That say in their heart, the Lord will not do good, neither will he do evil. It doesn't matter. It, 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 it's not going to make a difference. You go ahead and live the way you want. You go ahead and make the choices you want. Uh, the Lord's not going to do anything about it. But the Lord is saying, that's not the way it's going to be. I'm going to search Jerusalem with candles, he says. If you have a power outage in your home, and, um, and Lord help us, we don't have any this winter. But when they do happen at night, there's got to be candles, there's got to be lamps, and so on. And uh, we know then why... Uh, in the old days, they went to bed uh, pretty much after sunset and got up pretty much at sunrise because it's so dark. Those candles and those oil lamps don't do a whole lot. You got to get right close to what you're trying to look at, to what you're trying to read to be able to see it. And that's what the Lord is saying. I'm going to get right close to Jerusalem. I'm going to see what's going on. I'm going to be aware of what's being done. It's not going to be ignored. It's not going to be something that I overlook. I'm going to judge Jerusalem because they say in their hearts, doesn't matter. Good, evil, nah. It's not going to make a difference. It doesn't matter at all because the Lord is not going to judge it. That's what they say in their hearts. Instead of understanding what the Word of God says, instead of being in the place where they need to be reminded, like Jeremiah wrote in chapter 17 and verse 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. 
That's your heart. That's my heart. That's a problem we have. That's why there's got to be something better, something stronger, something that's a standard beyond what man would come up with. And thank God we have his word. We have his power. We have his blessing. And we know that he fulfills his word. When we ask forgiveness, there's forgiveness. When we ask for help, there's help. Thank God. When we ask for cleansing, for deliverance, for strength, for blessing, for healing, I'm so glad that his word is fulfilled in our lives and thank the Lord we can be blessed in his power and his might but Jesus also said it's what in the heart that comes out that is defiling that's the problem that's why the scripture says and the promise is there in Ezekiel 36 and 26 a new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you. Thank God for the prophecies of the Lord that were recorded hundreds of years before Jesus came to this earth. Thank God that these prophecies were recorded and came to pass just as the Lord declared. And I'm glad we can put our trust in God's word and know that he will provide the blessings that we desire and that we want to have fulfilled in our lives because it's by works that the Lord is going to judge us. Judgment will be there. We're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ, the Bible says. In the end of Revelation, I love to read the end of Revelation because of the victory that's there, the power that's there, the blessing that's there. Praise God. What a description of that place you're going to spend eternity in far greater than what the devil is going to experience. Amen. And the passage from Revelation 20, 12, and 13 talks about death and hell being cast into the lake of fire. The devil being cast into the lake of fire. Good riddance. Adios. <laughs> I'm glad that he's going to be gone. Praise God. But the, those verses both end with, according to their works. And so, that's where we've got to understand our need for following through with the Word of God. Because God doesn't fail. His Word does not fail. 1 Kings 8 and 56. If you underline in your Bible, you need to underline 1 Kings 8 and 56. Because it lets us know, there hath not failed one word of all His good promise. Not one word of it has failed. Not one word has uh, failed to come to pass. Thank God he fulfills his word again and again so we can trust him. We can obey him. We can experience him and know that his love never fails. Does that cancel out judgment? It can. We can be brought into the place where God is not going to judge because his blood covers us. Because his forgiveness has washed away every sin. Thank God for the power that he reveals as we walk with him. But I'm so glad the Bible says that love never fails. There are other things that fail. Many things that fail. Many things that cease or vanish away. But not his love. His love is everlasting. Thank God for the power of the Lord. It's new every morning. And I'm thankful that we can put our trust in God. The text that we read said something about 
every morning. Every morning doth he bring his judgment to light. But I'm thankful we can also recognize that Lamentations is written for our benefit. Lamentations 3 and 22, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Things could consume us. Things could just do away with us. But God's mercy comes upon us. And his compassions fail not. There's another one for you to underline. If you do a highlighter or if you want to remember something and, and, uh, and know that this is true in the word of God. It's new every morning. Thank God for his faithfulness. Thank God for his blessings. Thank God that he can take care of our needs and minister to us through his mercies and his compassions that do not fail. His forgiveness is there and the covering of sins is there. Why? Because of his presence. Because he came in the midst. Thank God that he was willing to be a... a uh, not just a visitor, not just someone who was on vacation, not just someone who thought, well, I'm going to come and check out how things are going down there on earth. Thank the Lord that he came to give himself a sacrifice. And he provided the means for us to uh, know his salvation and his love. I'm glad for the power of the Lord and that he does not fail. He said, I will not leave you nor forsake you. In Joshua 1 and 5, the, the Lord declares, as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Joshua must have stepped forward with the idea that there's going to be the power of God. There's going to be the blessing of the Lord. The victories are going to be won. The hand of God is going to be displayed. He's not going to fail me. He's going to be with me. Just as I saw him with Moses year after year after year, the 40 years that we wandered through the wilderness, and here we are now about to cross the Jordan River, and the, the walls of Jericho stand before us. But God God is going to be with us. God is going to be there. Praise God. I'm thankful we can rise up with faith as well and know there's obstacles, there's challenges, there's battles ahead, but God will be with you. Praise God. He's in the midst. That's what we want to hold on to. That's the blessing we want to believe. And it's so much better to have his mercy and his compassion every morning rather than his judgment. Praise God. And I'm thankful that we can have a, a heart that says, God, I want to obey you. God, I don't want to displease you. God, I don't want to walk in the places that are going to create problems and, and cause me to bring shame to your name and to crucify you to afresh. The Bible says that could happen. God, help us, amen, that we can move into the realm of knowing his power and his blessing, and he would help us not to fail. Joshua 21 and 45, again, this idea that he fails not. Not. There failed not aught of any good thing when the Lord had spoken unto the house of Israel. All came to pass. And Joshua and Caleb were the only ones who were able to inherit that. What a sad thing that they're all who disbelieved, all who doubted, all who said we can't do it. And Joshua and Caleb saying, yes, we can. God's promises are real. We can go forward and conquer. We can have the hand of God displayed for us in the battles. Let's keep going. 
And unfortunately, they were the only two who inherited what the Lord had said. Yes, the next generation of Israel marched forth, but the unbelieving generation passed away. God help us not to be a part of that. God help us to move into the realm where we believe, because believing means receiving. Praise God. Receiving means achieving what God has in store for us, and that's what we desire. Praise God. And I'm thankful there's the hand of God to lead us and to guide us, because they're not going to fail. Treasures in heaven fail not. Not going to vanish, not going to go away. Moths, rust, thieves, not going to affect it. Praise God. Luke 12 and 33 lets us know the treasures in heaven fail not. No wonder Jesus said, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Oh God, help us to make sure we're looking ahead to that eternal realm. We're not trying to drive our tent stakes real uh, deep here. That's where we're going to stay. No, this world is not my home. I'm just a traveling through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, thank God for the power of the Lord to bring us into the place where we're hungry, and we're homesick, and we're desiring to be in that place where our heart is because guess who's there the Lord in the midst amen the Lord in the midst now actually Zephaniah points this out three times three times in the chapter that we read from verse 5 was our text verse 15 verse 17 He's emphasizing the Lord will be in the midst of you. He will not forsake you. He will not leave you. He's going to be right there. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. In verse 17, thank God. He goes on to say, in, in, and I'll just paraphrase it here, 17 Zephaniah uh, verse 3 or chapter 3. He will save because he's mighty. He will rejoice over you because he's mighty. You will rest in his love because he's mighty and it never fails. Praise God. You remember reading in the Psalms and in some places in the Psalms, there's the word Selah. Selah. All it means is pause. All it means is stop, which is a time for meditation, a time for thinking, a time for receiving it, internalizing it. Oh, if there ever needs to be a Selah, in the book of Zephaniah, it's right here. The Lord God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over you. He will rest in his love. And that love never fails. Oh, praise God. That's what we can believe. That's what we can receive. Jesus being in the midst. Now, he promised in Matthew 18 and 20, where two or three are gathered together in my name. What was his promise? There will I be in the midst. Praise God. And oh, I'm thankful that we can put our trust in the Lord to be with us when we are calling upon him in our services, in our share group, with our family, with our friends. Thank God his power and his presence can be in the midst. I'm glad for the goodness of God. I'm glad for the power of the Lord. Amen. After the crucifixion, 
the disciples were not remembering his word. Their, their despair was so complete. Their despondency, their depression was holding them down. They gathered together uh, just uh, in doom and, and feeling like uh, it's over, it's done. There, there's nothing we can do now. Uh, we anticipate uh, the soldiers to come knocking on our door and to drag us away to be crucified as well because we are followers of the one who is crucified. They didn't remember that the Lord said, three days I will rise again. They couldn't recall. Sometimes, you know, the darkness is so bad that we forget what God's word says. Sometimes the load is so great that we have a struggle trying to hold on to the promises of God. Sometimes we just feel so beat down that it's hard to hold on. But thank God, when we do, when there's just a seed of faith, praise God, the hand of God is there to minister and provide. I'm sure that when the disciples were together, they, they may have tried to encourage each other. They may have tried to say, oh, remember when we were so discouraged, we were so fearful, and we were in that boat, and the waves were crashing, the wind was blowing, it was dark, and we saw a figure walking on the water, and we were, we were scared. We didn't know what it was. We thought it was a spirit. But we heard that familiar voice, and we saw that familiar face, and he said, be not afraid, it is I. Praise God. And we welcomed him aboard the ship, and it was calm. Oh, I wish he would come here now. I wish he would be here now. I'm sure they may have mentioned it to one another. Who knows if they had those kinds of conversation. But what we do know is Jesus appeared to them right in the midst. Praise God. And he said, peace be unto you. Oh, thank God that the Lord knows exactly what we need. The Lord knows how to minister in our lives and in our hearts. I'm thankful John 20 and 19 lets us know the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. The very day that they heard about the resurrection, the very day that they heard the tomb was empty, they struggled with it. They, they, they thought it was idle tales. They thought, no, that can't be. We saw him die. We saw how horrible his death was. We saw him suffer on the cross for those six hours. Uh, it, we don't know, but thank God Jesus was there in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. He came again eight days uh, after his disciples were within, and Thomas being with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Oh, I'm thankful he knows exactly what we need. I'm thankful he knows what we're feeling, what we fear, what we're up against, the load that we're carrying, the burden that we face. I'm thankful he knows exactly what we need. And he's able to speak into your situation, into your needs. Thank God. Fear may shut the door, but faith can open the promises of God and bring his presence into our lives so that we can walk with him in victory and know his power and his goodness. For 40 days... 
He stayed with his disciples. Infallible proof, one after another. 500 people saw him, the Bible says. Thank God the power of the Lord is established by the fact that he is risen. Hallelujah. And his is powerful to make a change in our lives. Oh, I'm thankful that when I'm praying and calling upon God, I can feel his presence come into my bedroom or into my living room or wherever I'm praying. Thank God I can feel his touch. I can know his power. I can feel his presence. Hallelujah. And I have those infallible proofs myself because I know God hears. I know God moves. I know God answers. It's not just a, a function of, of positive thinking. Thank God for positive thoughts. The word of God gives us many of them. But I'm thankful it's the powerful presence of God to do a work in our lives. Because in his presence, oh my, the Lord being in the midst, Jesus, God, manifest in the flesh. Yes, it is all in him. Amen. Thank God that we know that's why his name is so powerful. That's why we know his name is so great. It's a name above every name. It's the only name that the Bible tells us, Acts 4 and 11, the only name under heaven, given among men, whereby we must be saved. And thank God he gave us that name. Thank God he provides the power in that name. God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. And that world includes you and me. Thank God for the power of the Lord. But in his presence, Psalm 16 and 11, in his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Not just vanish. You know, the Bible tells us the pleasures of sin, just a season. Seasons come and go. They change rapidly. The pleasures of sin come and go. They don't last. But this verse promises us pleasures forevermore. Oh, thank God that we can have him in the midst. Thank God that we can know his power and his blessing within our presence. Amen. The power of God to be there. John, uh, writing the book of Revelation. John, being in a, a place of great difficulty, uh, a place that was not conducive uh, to prayer meetings and uh, uh, speaking the word of God and testifying of the goodness of God and so on. He was in a prison. He was working a salt mine. He was on the Isle of Patmos. He was isolated from all that uh, he knew in terms of goodness and the presence of God and so on. Did that stop Jesus Christ? Not at all. Amen. The Lord was there for him. And John saw him in the midst of the seven candlesticks or in the midst of the churches. The Lord was assuring him, I've not forsaken them. I've not forgotten them. I'm going to be right in the middle of them. And my presence is going to be there. Praise God. And oh, I can imagine John as an elder man now, nine decades, his life has already consisted of. And he's taken pen in his hand and he's writing about the things of God and how he can feel the presence of the Lord even right where he was. Thank God for that power and that blessing of the Lord being there. I want him to be in our midst. 
Praise God. I enjoy getting together with you. I'm thankful for the goodness of God upon each life and each heart. And I'm thankful we can pray for one another. We can worship together. We can know the power of God so wonderfully. But oh, I want the presence of God in our lives. I want his power and his goodness to be with us. Praise God. And thank the Lord. It can be fulfilled according to his word. And know that the Lamb would be in the midst. John wrote it again. Revelation 7, 17. The Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them unto living fountains of waters and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Wow. What a tremendous promise. I know that's there in Revelation 21.4, and it's going to happen at the end. But oh my, John wrote about it here in Revelation 7.17, that fountain of living waters. Praise God. And the Lord taking care of every sorrow. The Lord taking care of every hurt. The Lord taking care of every grief. The Lord taking care of every pain. The Lord taking care of every tear. Because he's in the midst. Ah, uh, that's what I want. That's the power of God I want to have in reality in our lives. And thank God we know it's real. Thank God we know it's powerful. And he wants to be in our midst every morning, every morning, until there's an eternal day. And we know that day is coming very quickly. Praise God. I don't have to go in the realm of, of what this world is doing and, uh, and, and change things that that shouldn't be changed as far as uh, what the Word of God says in, in iniquity and shame and blushing and, and so on. No, I, I can see his unfailing love. I can be lifted up in the light that never changes. I can be in his presence again and again. Thank God, because I know his Word is real and powerful, and he desires to be in the midst. Oh, I'm thankful that God is not just in a a physical sense uh, here in our movement. We feel his power and we feel his blessing. But oh my, he comes and dwells within. We receive his spirit. Amen. The spirit of the Lord coming within is his promise and his word. Praise God. Be born of the water and of the spirit. Nicodemus couldn't figure that out. Nicodemus didn't understand. Nicodemus was a ruler of the Jews, but all he could think of was the natural. What? Can a man be born again after he's grown, after he's old? Can he get into his mother's womb again? He, he just couldn't grasp. But the disciples knew what Jesus was talking about because again and again in the book of Acts, the acts of the church, the acts of the apostles, the church being at the beginning and growing and coming on even stronger and greater and better. Praise God. They knew that being born of the water was being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. They knew that being born of the Spirit was receiving the Holy Ghost. Praise God. And Peter, who had the keys to the kingdom, remember the Lord telling him that? I've given you the keys to the kingdom. It was Peter who preached to the Jews on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. It was Peter who came to Samaria and laid hands on them and they received the Spirit after Philip preached and baptized them in the name of Jesus Christ, born of the water and the Spirit. It was Peter who preached to the Gentiles, the non-Jews. That includes us. Praise God. And Cornelius, a Roman centurion, 
baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ and filled with the Spirit of God. Oh, thank the Lord. It continues on, the pattern being established. I'm glad that we can go back to the beginning and recognize this is the pattern. This is what God would have us to do. Amen. And here we are at the end of October 2022 and knowing God still fulfills his word. He still desires to be in the midst. He still wants to fulfill what his word declares. And thank God we can know his power and his blessing in our lives and in our hearts. Amen. What a great and mighty God. And I'm thankful we could worship him. Amen. And know his power to minister. Would you stand with me today? God bless you for being in the house of the Lord. God bless you for your attentiveness. Now it becomes incumbent upon us to respond to respond. Faith comes by hearing, Romans 10, 17 tells us. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. All right? So what do we do with it? How do we respond? How do we act? How do we uh, seek and desire the Lord to be in our midst? Thank God that we can know His power and His blessing. Amen. This world wants to go a different direction. It is going another direction. And uh, that direction leads down. But thank God we can choose to go another direction. And that direction is up into the presence of God, into the blessings of the Lord, into uh, the hands that will hold us, the hands that are nail-scarred because of his love for us. Amen. And he'll lift us up in his power and his presence. What a great God that we serve today. Amen. Oh, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. Man, and we, we sing about it. Jesus, I'll never forget what you've done for me. Make sure the world and its conditions don't cause you to forget. Amen. Make sure the circumstances of life don't bring you to the point where you forget that God heals. You forget that God has blessed you. You forget that God has provided for you. And you just focus on your own problems and your own situations and your own needs. And you forget to look to the Lord. Oh, no. I'm going to keep my eyes on him. Keep my eyes on him. Hallelujah. Because he's worthy. He's worthy. Let's come and pray today. Amen. Let's desire the Lord in our midst again. As we go into a new week, we go into a new time, a new month, the Lord's already there. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Thank God that we put our trust in the one who is eternal. The one who knows all things. The one who is able to provide. He's able to minister. He's able to bring forth his goodness again and again. And we can reach out to him and receive from him. Hallelujah. What a great and mighty God. Can we give him praise together right now?